Hey everyone, and welcome to episode number 21 of Off The Block Swimming Podcast. Thank you all for joining us today, wherever you're listening in from. I'm your host, Robbie Cox. Great show for you this Friday as we chat with open water champion and Dolphins team member Hayden Cotter. Had a great chat with Hayden around how he got into swimming, what he's been up to during the pandemic training-wise, some amazing places that he's raced in during his career so far, last year's world champs in Guangzhou, his coach Harley, and a whole lot more. So grab some snacks, pour a drink, and put your feet up because EP21 with the open water champion Hayden Cotter starts now. Away they go. No problems with the start. There is two one hundred in the second in it. Gary Hall Jr., the extrovert, and Ian Thorpe battling it out down the pool. Thorpe is starting to go away from him. Oh, he's blowing him away now. Thorpe's gone more than a meter on Van der Noosen's hand. But the signature of all eyes is the great Phantom Butterfly, Susie O'Neill. He's coming back. Oh, he's shot. He can't do it to him again. Chavis in the white hats. Vets in the black hats. And Vets is bullets. I cannot believe he's done that. Caught him from. Caught from the hall. Caught Joseph. Australia win. Joining me today on the show is a distant star of Australian swimming who made his debut on the Australian team for the World Champs in South Korea last year. He has also competed in a few FINA World Swim Series around the world as well as picking up his best result in Seychelles last year. It is a very big welcome to Off the Block Swing podcast to Hayden Cotter. Hayden, how you going, mate? Yeah, good, thanks. How are you guys doing? Yeah, no, very good, mate. Very good. Now, for everyone at home, uh, ordinarily, um, I was just telling Hayden before we started, but ordinarily the, the garage door is down. But given that Hayden is an open water swimmer and similar to, um, to Nick Sloman when I had him on, I've opened the garage, mate, so who knows what could happen here. We could have birds flying in, dogs coming and, and licking my leg. I don't know where this is going to go. So uh, in honor of you guys and open water, you know, mate, anything can happen out there. Um, it's, it's very uh, open to the elements, so similar to today's interview. But I digress. Where have we caught you today? Yeah, I'm just at home, to be honest. I'm sitting down here for a while. I just have an easy day before I do something this afternoon. Very nice. Now, I, I know you trained this morning. How, how was that hit out? Yeah, it was pretty good. I think the usual Thursday morning session, so not too bad, but not an easy one. And then just come home after that and rest up. And then, yeah, we'll see what happens in Sabo. Mate, how'd you go with the Olympics being pushed back? And I, I know you guys have got to try and, you know, qualify for it. So, the, you know, the trials and all that sort of stuff. Were you feeling physically fit and ready to go? How did you find that being pushed back? Um, yeah, it was pretty pretty tough, to be honest, but... I mean, there's nothing you can do with like coronavirus hitting. So, I mean, it's going to be hard on everybody, but it was just a bit rough to go from actually like full competing to being locked down, like indoors pretty much, not being able to go to the pools and even just train. Mm. Just not even being able to do any exercise at all pretty much. Brings me to my next question, mate. What, what did you get up to during lockdown? Did you create a home gym? Did you, did you have a backyard pool that you could uh, get the bungee on and have a splash? What, what did you get up to? No, I didn't do anything like that, to be honest. I just went um, got my ski and board from the surf club. Mm. I just jumped on that a little bit, just whenever. And then went down to my lullaby every now and then just to try and keep swimming, just yeah. keep going for the water still. But didn't really get up to too much, just trying to keep as fit as I can whilst not getting fat. 
<laughs> hey, don't worry. It happens to the best of us. Just have a look at me. Now, um, how do you feel getting back in the pool? Uh, I, I've heard a lot of different um, accounts from different swimmers. Some saying they felt, uh, you know, even better than they thought they were going to, you know, they dreaded getting back in, but they've jumped back in. They feel pretty good. Some not so much and, and don't feel so well. What about for yourself? Yeah, I mean, it'd be different for everybody. I was pretty worried about getting back in the pool just from haven't done it for ages and just went open water at the Lullabar. But, I mean, it's not too bad, but it wasn't great. Just average pretty much and just slowly getting back into it now. Hopefully it'll keep getting better, but who knows really, just trying to get fit again. Mate, in terms of, uh, you know, swimming, and obviously, you know, you've been swimming for a long time as a young fella, but did you play any other sports growing up? I know you're into your surf. Yeah, when I was growing up, I did a few a few sports. I did um, surf with Maroolabar and then moved to Maroochydore a few years ago now. And I did um, rugby union, soccer, AFL, all those sports. So just a lot of different ones, just to have some fun. And then now I've just pretty much gone into swimming and surf. They're my main sports now. Did one ever affect the other? Did you ever pick up any injuries with, with rugby and, and not be able to swim? No, nah, I was pretty lucky with that, actually. And uh, pretty well, so came out of it all right. <laughs> Didn't have to check my swimming. Didn't have to have those tough conversations with the coach about having a broken wrist. Didn't have to get in trouble. <laughs> Mate, what about, uh, you know, heroes and idols growing up? They might not have been um, specifically in swimming, but did you have anyone that you looked up to? Yeah, I mean, definitely Kai Hurst. You got him who does open water and surf as well. So mm. he's definitely like the main idol. Then you got like open water or like long distance swimmers as well, like Kieran Perkins. Yeah. Read his book a few years ago, so I'd say he's one of my main ones as well. Yeah. Kai Hurst, um, definitely a, a legend, mate. And he's gonna be on um on the show uh, in a few weeks' time. So I'm excited to to talk to him as well. Definitely similar to you. I think what a phenomenal athlete. Um, you know, when did things start to get competitive for you though? So obviously, you know, we chatted before, you know, you moved and trained with Harley at Launton, say from the age of say ten. When did things start to get a little bit more, you know, switched on and you started to really want to improve and take your swimming to the next level? Um, I mean, I did all my sports when I was younger, but I kept it pretty serious from when I was maybe like 11 as well, 10 or 11. I was like, wasn't too bad with swimming. I was in the pool and I was going for like different records in like the school side of swimming mm. and just did that for a bit of fun and just trying to swim my best and then maybe... 15, 16, I started to really take it seriously and just focus on swimming, maybe get the Ks up a little bit, just getting ready to like move into the actual hard part of swimming. Mm. Obviously, you know, you're known for now being a, a great open water swimmer, but what were some of your favourite events to race in the pool, say as 15, 16 year old? Oh, well, you can't go past a 50 or 100 freestyle. <laughs> <laughs> but I might not be the best at it, but it's good fun. Yeah. But, they definitely you go towards the 800 and probably my favorite a little bit more than the 1500 but yeah when definitely. did that transition start to happen for you so when did you say stop you know race it well competitively getting in the two and the four and all that sort of stuff and start to veer towards distance and open water i've pretty much done all distances from the start pretty much i think when i was young we went to queensland open water as well just for something to do mm. and i that and then just stayed with all the pool comps as well and then just over the years i've slowly gone towards more open water and then now that's just what i do pretty much 
And, and have you struggled with anything over the years? You know, nerves could have been nutrition, could be, you know, keeping up with your sessions, prehab stuff. I mean, obviously, you know, elite athlete now, but did you have to learn some lessons along the way? Uh, yeah, definitely. It was pretty tough going through high school. I think I had to catch the bus from the pool and then back to the pool after, after school day. Yeah. I didn't have any time to go home, just getting like everything ready for the whole day from before then. And I was a bit different, a bit of a learning curve. And then just yeah, got used to that. And I feel like it's really helped me coming into like after school years with uni now. Yeah. And what about with your sessions? Obviously being a distance swimmer, you've got to keep up with your sessions. What's the maximum number of sessions you've done, say, in a week? And has that always been hard to keep consistent with? Yeah, in a week, it'd be about like 10 swim sessions will be the max. And then maybe go down a little bit from there or add in a skier or a board session, just change it up a little bit on the weekends, something like yeah. that. Is that easier to do now that you're older though? I mean, obviously as a young fella coming up, you've got school and the assessments and all that sort of stuff that I, I know coaching, you know, older um, sort of teenage, sorry, athletes myself, I, I hear that quite a lot. What about for yourself? Yeah, it's definitely a lot easier with uni. I think that's pretty much all online now. So that's been good for mm. just like, to do it at home and then being able to train from home as well. So that's been good. And then just got my own license so I can go to the beach or do anything really, do board session, ski session. doesn't really matter now. I'm not really kept at home now. How excited were the parents when you got your license and you didn't have to um, wake them up at uh, 4.30 or whatever time they had to get up to take you to training? Oh, they were loving it. Didn't have to <laughs> Well, you can sleep in a little bit and then go to work. Did you find um, not too far out from you being able to get your license that they were really starting to push you towards it, uh, dropping hints that, you know, it'd be great if you got your license straight away? Oh, of course. What parents didn't. <laughs> get my license, do a few hours of train, oh, a few hours of driving with them and then just, you know, get there, push it and then get my P's and then, yeah, that's it. They let me go. <laughs> Now, mate, one of the reasons I, I love getting um, you open water guys on the podcast is because I'm such a fan of open water swimming. I think it's so diverse and not always is the, you know, the fastest person in the race going to be the winner because if there's so many variables and there's so many things that you've got to be smart about in terms of your racing. For yourself, if I was going to give you my coach's hat for a second and you were going to do a sales pitch to, to my swimmers, um, and, and this is for all coaches that listen out there. I'm sure they've got swimmers in their program that they see as, as being really good distance swimmers, but that sales pitch isn't always the easiest to say, hey, listen, I think you should give open water a try. If I was going to give you my hat and my stopwatch just for a second, what would you say to the swimmers out there that listen uh, in terms of giving open water a go? Oh, definitely just the race menus. You don't have to race inside a pool complex, not following a black line. Mm. You can go race outside at the beach, just all different venues, and that's pretty good. And then, I mean, when you're racing, you don't have to be leading either. You can sit on someone's watch the whole time and just know what everyone wants to do. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you don't want to be leading 100%. Have you seen – what sort of variables have you seen within races? Like, have you seen – um, things happen with people colliding or people getting in each other's way and, and that giving um, another swimmer that the go through. What sort of things have you sort of seen during races? Yeah, there's lots of different variables that happen. You've got the tide as well, tide and chop. That makes a big difference. And then you've got some guys that like to take it out hard and some guys that like to sit back. So then just when everything merges coming into like the last few K, a lot of different things can happen. A lot of people come together and you just, 
few fists go flying, but it's all part of the racing and just have to try and avoid it the best you can and see if you can get out of it clean. Yeah, it's all in good fun. It's all in good fun. Now, um, before your races, do you have any pre-race rituals? Do you have any things that you, you need to do before your race? Um, not really. I usually get up the same time before the race, but it's all pretty average and then just come to the race venue, talk yep. some crap to people. <laughs> I'm not get too nervous because I know I do, but that's about it really. Get ready to race. What about music-wise? What what do you listen to before a race? No, I don't usually listen to any music before the race. Maybe the car trip to the venue would be a little bit of country. Yeah. Something like that. But once I get to the venue, usually I just stand up talking to Harley, the coach, or my parents if they're there. Just do something like that. Talk to someone. Get my mind off the actual race, to be honest. All right. What about a pre-race feed? What, what do you have the night before a big meet? The night before a big race will probably be... Changes from maybe uh, bacon egg burger or chicken fingers and pasta. Oh, very nice. Yeah, very nice. <laughs> now, mate, I, I mentioned earlier that you've competed all over the world um, and, and for these open water competitions. Uh, and they're all, you know, I'm very jealous in terms of you guys getting to <laughs> get out there and see the world as you do. Do you have any top countries and take the results out of it and, and the swimming side of things? Do you have any countries that you've, you've visited and you just, you loved? I mean, you can't go past Seychelles. It's like the holiday destination. Yeah. It's pretty good. You get the whole island on beaches. Yeah. And now nice and the water's crystal clear. It was hot. It was just a really nice week when I was there. But then you also got Doha, which is different. You got all the buildings and it's just a really different way to see the world on that mm. side. Mate, we talk about obviously the different um, cities and all that sort of stuff, but they all come with different conditions as well in terms of the water and, and what you've got to do when you're competing. You've been to China, Qatar, as we said, Seychelles, and of course, South Korea last year. And I'll get to that in a minute. But all different countries, how did those conditions vary? And did you find that you enjoyed one more than the other? Yeah, they vary, very heaps actually. And you got Seychelles and China, my first World Cup. They were about 30 degrees in the water, 31 mm. degrees, really hot. And then the last World Cup I just did in Doha, that was 17 degrees, I think. Nearly all, it was a wetsuit swim. Yeah. So just have the difference between the coldness and the wetsuit swim to your normal wetsuit or your normal race suit and just normal racing. But yeah, definitely rather the heat though. Yeah. I just got to. Yeah, just got to stay hydrated, that's all. Um, mate, 2019, you make the Australian team and compete in Guangzhou at the World Champs. And firstly, talk to me about making that team um, because, you know, this is, although you've been to the World Swim Series, you know, this was your first sort of major championship. So talk to me about Aussie Champs and, and making that, that team. Yeah, well, that was the main goal for the year, whether it was 5K or 10K. But coming into Nationals, I was pretty nervous just because I knew... If I didn't have a good race here, the whole year's done. That's yeah. it. You can't think from there pretty much. So I was pretty nervous there. And then once I had a good race there, I was pretty happy. And then we went to Doha, mm. which was maybe a couple of weeks after that. Not long, actually. And didn't have the best race in Doha. I think it was my second World Cup. So it wasn't the best race, but it was good for experience. And then I think Kai and Sloman both got in top 10s. So they had points towards the qualification for the 10k yep 
So then that was all right for them. And I didn't get any points for that. <laughs> and then went to Seychelles, had a good race there, got enough points and qualified for the 5K team for Worlds. Yeah. And that's what we went there for. And it was just pretty good to come out of there knowing that I had a spot at Worlds, could make my debut for the Australian team and just come out and give the 5K a crack, a nice little sprint. Mate, you've mentioned um, nerves a few times, and, and this is something that all swimmers go through. I don't care what level you're at, and I've spoken to uh, many, many uh, legends and, and current swimmers now that have all experienced that, so everyone goes through it. What do you get nervous about the most, and, and what have you and your coach been looking at in terms of putting sort of structures in place to help you best deal with that? Yeah, I get really nervous before a race, like to the point of nearly vomiting, to be mm. honest. I've done it a few times. It's kind of like a little joke with everybody. Everyone just knows it's going to happen now. Yeah. But usually I just try and not focus on the race. Don't want to think about it too much as, as I get too worked up. So I just end up talking some crap with Harley or the mm. parents and just trying to get my mind off the um, actual race until we go to the briefing maybe. Yep. I'll just start the switch on there and get ready to race. Mate, you finished ninth in the 5K, um, which was a terrific result for you at the World Champs, your first World Champs. How was that race for you? How do you look back on that and, and in terms of the results as well? Yeah, it was a pretty good race. I mean, the whole trip in Korea was pretty rough. I was pretty sick yeah. on the main trip. I got in and it was a struggle to even swim at all. Mm. So I was pretty nervous coming up to the 5K race. Had all my drugs to get me better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did that and then um, had the race. And I was had a race plan but didn't really get to do it because I wasn't feeling the best. So I just ended up sitting in the pack conserving energy for a lot of it. And then coming home for the finish was just hectic with like the best in the world swimmers over 5K all just coming in into the finish with a massive pack. It was just crazy and then lots of arms and legs were going flying. Now, was your coach Harley on that trip? No, nah, he wasn't actually on the trip. I ended up going with Rob. He was the Gronga Park coach, I think. Yep, yep. I was texting Harley through the whole trip and just getting everything sorted. Yeah, it, it just brings me to an interesting point. I think sometimes, certainly people outside of swimming don't really understand it, is that not always does your home coach go on these teams how difficult is that for you as an athlete when you qualify and you make this is your first, you know, world chance, this is a big thing. And then obviously the person who you always look to to, to sort of keep you calm and, and get you through it isn't there. How does that go for you? Yeah, I mean, it would be good to have Harley there, like just your home coach, get everything just back to normal, understanding everything. But I feel like I'm pretty cruisy with stuff like that. I usually take her pretty well. So it wasn't that big of a deal to have him not there. But yeah. I mean, in the same sessions as what we do at home anyway. Yeah. So just pretty much trying to keep it the same, same prep, but just without the coach. Now tell me, how much fun was the 5K open water relay? Yeah, well, it's not 5K, so it's way less. <laughs> 5K legs, so that was pretty yeah. good. And just coming out with the, because it's mixed with girls and guys. Yep. And there's no special order. So you might be racing girls, you may be racing the best guys. So it was pretty weird seeing like some countries take it out hard and some take it out a bit slow with the girls. Yeah. And just coming out and trying to swim through everybody and pick a good line and swim fast for your team. Was it a bit of fun though? I can imagine, you know, being open water and, and this just sort of adding a, a bit of a, a different element to, to what you guys normally do. Was it a bit of fun? 
Yeah, definitely. It was loads of fun. I loved it. It's good to actually go down there instead of racing just by yourself for 10K. You yeah. just go in there for like the four of you with just a 5K race, a nice quick one. So it's pretty good fun with everybody, yeah. Now, mate, one thing, um, you know, I noted already that I love about open water is that unpredictability of it and so many different things for you guys to, to navigate through your race and the conditions and the pack and feeding, etc. Give us a little insight into, you know, your race plan that you come up with with Harley, say for a five or a 10K, whichever you prefer to, to discuss. But what do you go into the race thinking or does the plan have to change on the run depending on what happens within that race? Yeah, you're going to have to – you go in with your game plan, but then you have to be able to adapt to anything that happens as well. Like, it's open water. So many things happen. Someone can make a break or anything. But usually I go in with the game plan to try and stick towards the front of the pack. Mm-hmm. I usually like sitting towards the back. I don't know. I just don't like it that much. Yeah. just much more comfortable sitting at the front, just easier to swim. So I'll spend most of the race up there, try and conserve energy in the front group. And just watch out to see if there's any moves or anything. Try and have some good feeds without getting too worked up. And then just try and conserve energy for the last like 3K max. Say in a 10K, mate, how, how often would you feed? Now in the 10K, it varies with the course. I mean, yep. it depends if the feeding pontoon's way off the track, way off track in the course. I think sometimes it is way off to go there. So it's better just to stay in the pack and have mm. feeds on you. But usually to maybe three times, three or four, or probably three times, and then I'll have a full feed ready to go just in case I need it. Yeah. Maybe you mentioned there, obviously, your race plan and, and how you like to race it. But as we've said, you know, that doesn't always come about. Have you ever um, been in a situation where, you know, the race dictated that that probably isn't going to be the right way for you? Maybe you found yourself in a spot you weren't familiar with. Have you had any sort of situations where you had to adapt on the run? Yeah, definitely. I've definitely found myself further back in the pack than I wanted. But, I mean, it's a 10K race. It's two hours long. So just not to get worked up. Don't get too worried. Don't get too concerned about it. Yeah. Like, if you just make smart moves, you can work your way up towards there and just slowly get yourself into the position you want to be at. Yeah, I think that's great advice. Just stay composed, stay relaxed. Talk to me about your coach, Harley. Um, How's he helped shape your career and, and what lessons has he taught you through you and he are working together. Yeah, well, he's been a great coach towards me. I think ever since I was 10, I was with him. So I just grew, I grew up with um, all the Grimsies and I think a couple other open water swimmers as well. So watching the older guys train with Harley just really like made me understand of what I need to do and how like fun it could be. Yeah. And then just well, getting older and like started to understand everything been good having Harley there as well especially since he's seen me graph as well so like we've been together for that long we know what's going on we just know what we need to do just going through everything like that mate what's it like away from the pool obviously you'd have a first-hand um, account there obviously stuff that we don't get to see is he got is he funny is he good with the banter is he got um, dad jokes what how how is he away from the pool yeah I mean he's pretty funny he drops some funny jokes and during training as well but then he's pretty crazy outside of the pool, just got his family and just, you know, always wearing a hat too, actually. He's bald. But, you know, you wouldn't know that if you saw him, but. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, nothing wrong with wearing a hat. We've both got the hats on inside. <laughs> yeah. <Love laughs> Most people will tell you I'm always wearing a hat, so. 
Hey, what are some of the toughest sets you've done? Have you got any, um, any good sets in, in your mind that you look back and you're like, oh, geez, that, that killed me? Uh, I mean, you've got the Christmas set. Most squads do the Christmas session. Maybe you go like a couple of days before Christmas. Usually, most squads will do 100 hundreds. Yep. And I've got to say, that'll be the hardest session. You're like, always going into Christmas. I just want to finish, have a break. <laughs> But Is that harder physically or mentally, do you think, knowing you've got 100 100s? Yeah, it's not too bad physically, depending what time cycle you go on, but doing 100 of them, it sucks. Yeah. Like 20 yeah. Man heaps and you still got 80 to go. I feel you, mate. I used to train at um, Campbelltown, so here in, in New South Wales, in Sydney, and uh, our coach, Alan Thompson, was, um, was my coach at the time. And, yeah, we, we had the same thing at Christmas, don't worry, 100 100s, and um, it wasn't much fun. <laughs> I'm with you. Step, <laughs> stepping away from the pool and the ocean for a bit, mate. What do, what do you get up to when you're not going up and down the black line? Um, not too much, to be honest. I just spend my time going to uni, trying to see friends and just walking the dogs as well. Just trying to get away from the pool, to be honest. Not think about it. I just like to do, do anything really, to get away from the pool. And just when I get to the pool, then I'll start focusing on the session. But when I'm out of there, forget I'm even a swimmer, to be honest. Well, I think that's a, a very good way to be. I think a lot of us can get very all-consumed in what we're doing and it's not always the healthiest thing. You mentioned uni there. What, what are you studying? Yeah, I'm doing a double degree, a Bachelor of Business and a Bachelor of Commerce. So that's going all right. Back at, oh, at US Senior. Wow, that gives me a headache just thinking about that. You're much more switched on than I am. How do you find the, the uni training balance? Yeah, it's been pretty good actually. I know... I only did three subjects last year, so just under full. It's like technically full time, but it's not four subjects, which is the usual. So it's been pretty good having a little bit of extra time, especially going from school where it was every day, like six hours. Yeah. Most days, but like not as long in different blocks, maybe two hour block. So it's good just to have the spare time to be able to come home and relax before training or just even after. And I noted in my research that you want to go and work in finance, um, you know, once swimming is all over for you. What drew you that way? Like what, what gets you excited about all those numbers? Because I tell you, it gives, it gives me anxiety thinking about all that. So obviously you think a little bit differently to me. Well, what, what drew you that way? Yeah, well, I've always loved just like finance side of it, like with the numbers as well, just accounting through school. It's just like one of my favorite subjects. So I'd love to go through uni doing that as well. And then that's what I've done. Got my course to do and just, yeah, I'll go through that and then we'll see what happens after swimming. Hopefully I get a job in that side of things. Mate, you're in good company. Someone else who is very switched on that way is Grant Hackett, um, who is, is doing very well for himself at the moment in finance. So it's not a bad way to go. That's for sure. Uh, I also noted in my research that you have a twin. Yeah, Does he got- swim? Uh, he used to swim, I think, at Nationals in Perth. I opened one Nationals one year. I was yeah. really struggling. Yeah, he came through and beat me. Oh. So above me. <laughs> but, yeah, no, we, get a, we get along pretty well. That was going to be my next question. How competitive did it get between the both of you? Uh, I mean, it used to be really competitive, but most of the time I get the upper hand. <laughs> so, yeah, it's all right. But now he's quit swimming, he's quit all sport, and he's just working now. So now he's just like usual brothers i do the sport and he does like he has his job in life so we just talk and catch up every now and then yeah, very very nice now mate um 
one thing I like to do is to get a better idea of, uh, you know, Hayden Cotter as a, an athlete, but also what happens at home is, is just go through some quick rapid fire questions. And I think the answers to these give us a little bit more of an insight into, you know, what you're like at home and away from the pool. So I'm going to give you, um, yeah, just some quick questions and then whatever comes to your mind first, that's, that's what yep. you throw out there. So firstly, your favorite music. Country. Country. Who, who do you listen to in terms of, is it old country, the new, because in terms of country and I, I have listened to country music before, but it's probably the older people. It's probably like your Garth Brooks and your Tim McGraws and the older people. Who, who do you listen to? Yeah, I stick to the older people as well. Just the same guys you've, you've said and uh, add a little bit of Slim Dusty in there, in there as well. Slim Dusty. What a legend. What about Willie Nelson? You get to Willie Nelson? Yeah, I listen to a bit of him as well. There you go. What about favourite movie? Oh, you can't go past Rocky. Rocky. Just the first one? Did, did you, are you into oh, the, uh, the whole series? My favourite one would be Rocky IV. The, I think it was Rocky IV. Just the one with the uh, Russian. Yeah. yeah. What about Creed though? Because he, he comes back in Creed too with his son. Yeah. Yeah, that was a pretty good movie. I think we watched that in cinemas at some race, I think. I was over there and we went and seen it in the cinemas. And that was pretty different. Pretty cool to watch. Mate, I enjoyed it. And I, I know they're flogging a dead horse and they're trying to get money out of a, a series that's gone for a long time, but it still seems, it's still entertaining to me. I, I don't mind. I can still sit there and listen to it. I think, um, you know, that um, premise of the champion who gets knocked down and is seemingly against the odds, but then he fights back. Even though we know it's going to happen, it's still entertaining to watch that. Yeah, I reckon so. It's like the same storyline in most movies, but it always seems to produce a good movie. So yeah. everyone if you're on a winner, stick to it. That's, um, that's Sylvester Stallone's <laughs> motto. Uh, mate, what about your biggest fear? Have, have you got any fears, heights, could be other things, could be spiders? Uh, I don't know. I'm pretty scared of like, stuff in the ocean, to be honest. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's a great one to have for you. Yeah, as long as I'm in the pack, it's all good. But I don't that's know. Right. I'm not racing. I don't want to be the first out at the beach. I get a little scared. Yeah, that's right. Have you had any inter uh, interactions out there with, with wildlife? It doesn't have to be sharks. I know everyone's first thought will be, oh, shark, but it could be, could be dolphins, could be just fish. Have you had any interactions in a race with uh, animals? Yeah, definitely this year at National Open Water in the 5K time trial. So that's where everyone goes off. I think it was 15 or 30 seconds apart. Yep. And I, was, I think I was first off as well. So I was the only one in the water. And I was just going max down the back straight. And then some dolphin came through and oh, they yeah. ran into me. <laughs> I got so worried. And just watched him like dive under me, give a big dolphin kick. And I got nearly washed out to sea. I mean, it, that sounds like a great story to hear that you saw a dolphin. But what was your first reaction when you saw, because you wouldn't have gone, oh, a dolphin. It would have just been, oh, shit, there's something. Was your first reaction, what is that? Oh, I had a heart attack. I was <laughs> on like a 12-bit kick and I was just trying to match it to the ball. I was getting so worried. I thought it was a shark and then just watch it come like swim like right under me. That was one of the scariest moments of my life, not going to lie. <laughs> Mate, another thing that just came to my mind, I don't know what the rules are around it, but imagine if it was a really friendly dolphin, you grabbed a hold of the, the fin and it actually drove you towards the finish line a lot quicker than you were going to go. I don't know if that's in the rules, but I'm just going to say that's, a, that's out there as a plan if it ever comes about. Yeah, look, I've definitely thought about it. When I saw it, I was like, just come back. I need to help, <laughs> help me around the race. 
<laughs> now, mate, as all swimmers, uh, I don't doubt that you would love a feed. What are some of your favourite meals to have? Oh, I mean, you can't go past pasta. Everyone loves that. But definitely bacon and egg burger. She's your breakfast. I mean, after trainings, maybe pastries with bacon and cheese as well. It's yeah. pretty good. Yeah, how good's a um, cheese and bacon roll? Have always been my favourites in the morning. But the cheese has got to be super melted. It can't be just. Yeah, it's got to be melted cheese. Of course. <laughs> Mate, what about your favourite TV shows to binge watch? What do you, what do you get into? Uh, I haven't really watched too many TV shows lately, but I was grinding suits out there for a bit. That was pretty good, and just Shameless as well. A very good show. Um, what about games? Are you a gamer? Uh, not really. I mean, I've played the PS, PS4 a little bit, but I'm not too big on it. I just have a go, play a bit of GTA, and then just, yeah, not so big on that. No, oh, that's all right, mate. I, I have no idea. I've actually got an Xbox, but I use it to watch DVDs. So anytime, um, <laughs> anytime the guests come on here and they start shouting out, like, uh, you know, games that they play, I always make sure they know, like, I have no idea what games you're telling me, just so you know. So you're speaking to the audience. You don't really tell me because I've got no idea. Yeah, that's fine. I've got no idea either. <laughs> and what about quotes, mate? I, I know as, as a coach, you know, we love our quotes. Have you got any that you like to, you know, reflect on? Yeah, probably my favourite quote is just what you put in is what you get out. That's got to be my favourite one all yeah. the time. Favourite one for years now, actually. Is that the Nutri-Grain ad? Honestly, I've got no idea. I just remember it from ages ago when I was a little kid. Someone must have told me, must have heard it, and it's just stuck with me ever since. I think it's the Nutri-Grain ad, but it is a good one. It is a good one. And, and the one I like at the moment, which is very, um, I have to keep saying it to myself quite a lot, is control what you can control and don't worry about what you can't control because um, there's so many things going on in the world at the moment that we cannot control. Um, so it's definitely one I replay in my head a lot. Yeah, exactly. I mean, especially with coronavirus right now going around, nothing you can do about it. 100%. Now, mate, when we redo this interview in, say, you know, two years' time and I get you back on for another chat, what accomplishments would you like me to add to that intro? Oh, in two years, I mean, I'd love to be able to say that I've done something good in surf lifesaving because that's just a bit of fun to do yep. as well. And I'd also love to say that I've qualified for the Olympics too. Just something along those lines. That'd be pretty cool. I think it would be too, mate. Now, I think it's a perfect time there to, to wrap it up. And firstly, I want to thank you for agreeing to come on for a chat. I know you guys are getting back into training now and, um, you know, time is, is important. So I really appreciate you taking the time to come on and have a chat and good luck over the, the next, you know, six months or so and ultimately trying to secure your spot for 2021 Olympics in Tokyo. And as I said there before, hopefully get you on for another chat down somewhere down the track, mate. But until then, thank you very much for coming on Off The Block Swimming Podcast. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for having me. Today's episode of Off The Block Swimming Podcast is proudly brought to you by our good friends at Pro Swim Workouts. Don't forget to head over and check out our YouTube page to catch all the fantastic interviews you may have missed from Season 3 so far. Go there, like, and subscribe to stay up to date with all the latest news from the podcast. Keep your podcast fixed right here this week as we still have heaps more stars coming your way and you will not want to miss a minute of the action. Until tomorrow, though, guys, have a great day. Remember to smile and laugh, please. 
and it's bye for now. 